Josh Williams, and welcome to episode number 17 of the One Man Podcast for Wednesday, September 6, 2017. We're we're that far into it already, guys. Summer is over. What are we going to do about it? Right? I'll, t- I'll tell you what we're going to do about it. We're going to march right into Starbucks and say, excuse me, Tiffany or Stacy or Heather or whatever this chick's name is behind the bar. I'm going to go, yo, I'll take a fucking venti six pump pumpkin spice latte please because that's what i do to get me back up from the fall blues excuse me i i just laughed myself sick a few minutes ago just before starting the podcast because every time i I get started i hit my buttons on the old uh, ipad rooney here let me actually uh, i didn't even put it on airplane mode yet (laughs) good little thing i checked back on that um, yeah, I, uh, I check my sound, make sure that everything is good levels for the intro, for the, the sponsor stuff. And I was starting to feel a little tired. So uh, I had this little Coca life next to me. That's the 70 calorie green can Coca-Cola tastes a little weird, tastes a little aspartame, but there's no aspartame in it. It, it uses stevia. So it's regular Coke, 60 calories a can instead of the regular 210. They are not a sponsor, but that's what I was drinking this time. And, uh, I was feeling a little tired guys, because it is uh, of course, Tuesday night, this podcast will be available for you in just a few hours. Uh, so I wanted to get it done ready and out, <clears throat> but it's been a long day. I may or may not remember to tell you about today, but, um, feeling a little tired. I'm excited. I'm in a good mood, good spirits, but I'm tired. And so I chugged that can of Coke life, hoping that the caffeine will kick in and give me the little jolt that I need, you know, also wet the whistle, get the vocals all lubed up, so to speak. And, uh, but I chugged a can of pop and, uh, and I had gassy. So right in the middle of listening to the levels of absolute comedies, uh, ad like a boy, I leaned directly into the microphone and I let out a huge burp and it was long, loud and profound. And just the mixture in my headset of hearing the absolute ad with someone just burping a long <laughs> burp made me laugh my ass off. I have a child's uh, sense of humor. And I laughed so hard. And then I thought I have to find a way to work this in at some point. Just, you know, if Jason's like, well, what's the value of the ad? I'll go, well, I'll tell you what your ad sounds like if I didn't care. (laughs) Just added a bunch of bourbon fart noises on top of an ad really changes the, uh, the effectiveness of advertising. So, uh, yeah, (coughs) excuse me. I'm still, I laughed. So I'm more like, we're like wheezing red in the face laugh. It was just, yeah, the silliness of just the big burp over top of that ad. So when you hear it later in the episode, try to picture a big, long burp during the whole thing. Guys, welcome. I hope you've had a great week. Uh, thank you. Of course, to all my new listeners. Uh, thank you to my, my loyal listeners have been here from the beginning. Um, there's a lot to talk about this episode. Um, I want to talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, what last week was like, you know, what I have coming up this week, of course, read your emails later on and, uh, read the article from my partner's portable press, you know, and, uh, and my sponsors give them a little ad time belch free. Um, so yeah, I, I hope you guys had a great weekend. I had a, a, a fun week last week. What did I do? Wednesday. I'm looking at my notes here and it says Costco. I don't remember going to Costco on Wednesday. It's very possible that I did. I don't know why I'd want to talk about that though. 
You know, I don't think anything interesting happened at Costco last week. I'll tell you, the gas was 13 cents cheaper at Costco. That was interesting. What the fuck happened last week? You know, like nothing against the people in, in Texas, but fuck you. <laughs> gas goes up. We all know that the gas industry is not affected in the slightest bit, you know, because of the, the thing. I mean, we're, we're, the gas customers are affected. We all got pretty fucked over. Um, you know, gas shot up like 30, 35 cents. That's insanity. You know? Um, anyways, so yeah, I went to Costco and I got gas. Um, friend of mine asked me to do some, uh, some electrical work at his house. For those of you who don't know, in my younger days, from the time that I was 18 to 22, I did, uh, work as an apprentice to get my electrical license. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I got enough hours in, got that, uh, a license there. And then I immediately left to go do sales in, uh, in future shop and sell home theater systems and electronics. Cause electrical work was fucking boring. The least creative thing I have ever done in my entire life. And so many people were like, Oh, but it's such a good skill and you make so much money. Yeah. Maybe when you're 50 years old and you have a bunch of guys working under you, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm gonna be clearing my throat for a little bit. I feel like, uh, I'm getting congested here. I may have laughed myself a bad way, but, uh, yeah, I used to do electrical work when I was young it's now a skill I have in my back pocket. So I, you know, I'll never need to pay an electrician to do anything. Um, I can do it personally. And of course there's a, there's the odd time where a friend needs a little bit of work done and, uh, and I'm able to help them out for a reasonable price and put that money in my push, hide it from the gouvernement that's government in French or pig fuckers for anyone who's, uh, really not a big fan of the government. So yeah, um, I, I mean, it's maybe, maybe, maybe once every couple of years, I'll do a little bit of electrical work, but it's not much. Uh, anyways, I got a friend who's looking for something done, so, uh, I won't name him, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to, we're going to pull some wires. We went to uh, home Depot where we realized that those people really, I mean, I've probably said it before in the podcast, but holy shit, do they not give a fuck at home Depot? Eh? They see you coming, they run and hide, you know, we could, you can do it. We can hide, you know, that should be the thing is, do you know what the fuck is going on? I, I, I really, I don't get that store at all. What kind of business model is that? Yeah. Come on in. Ask us your questions. If you can find us, it's the most fun game of hide and seek. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm really trying to clear my throat. Cause it's just sitting there anyways. So I did that. Uh, that was my Wednesday on Thursday. Didn't do anything very interesting. Sat in front of the computer, did a little promo. You know, for a bunch of things I have coming up Friday, I had the released episode of, uh, you know, with my interview with Pete Zedlacker. I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you haven't listened to it, please take a minute and go check out the one man podcast interview with Pete Zedlacker. Pete is a national touring headliner. Um, you know, works in the States, works all over the world, <clears throat> has performed for the troops, uh, the Canadian forces in Afghanistan and other countries many, many times, um, has, has wonderful stories was a, a writer for CBC's The Debaters, was a writer for The Hour with George Strombolopoulos, uh, has performed at Just for Laughs, has an hour-long comedy now special, uh, performed at Winnipeg Comedy Fest. Um, I mean, like, you name it, he's done it. He's been in all sorts of movies and television, even got an opportunity to, um, you know, be in a George A. Romero zombie film, which is, you know, the, the height of uh, the height of heights if you are a horror movie fan. But, but Pete and I talk about all sorts of different things. Um, in his career, it's a very fun interview. I hope you guys uh, who heard it enjoyed it. I hope if you haven't listened to it, uh, you get an opportunity to hear that because it really is just a great opportunity to sit down with a dude who's like a huge table. He's also the Canadian Comedy Award winner for best male standup, you know, back in the early days when that that meant something. So um, really like 
I can't say enough. He won Sirius XM's top comic. Like you name something in this country an accolade and he's done it. So, um, he's actually right now touring with uh, the investors group, which is like one of the biggest high paying things, tours that you can do in Canada. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, hats off to Pete and thank you again to Pete Zedlacher for sitting down with me and, uh, and having that interview. So anywho, uh, they did that. That was Friday. And then this weekend, guys, I had an opportunity to go, uh, up to my friend Mika's cottage with my family, with my, my friends and their families. It was, uh, it was a great time myself, uh, Crystal and the kids, uh, Jimmy, his wife, Alex, and their new baby, uh, Mika and his wife, Mel, uh, and their baby. Right. So we went up and of course their dog, Bruno was up there. Chocolate lab. Bruno was fun. Uh, <laughs> it was fun to have up there. Still a pup. His nose was everybody's grill when, uh, when we were eating, but, uh, but fun dog, super excited when people showed up too. So, uh, Friday night guys, I, uh, I went to Costco, get a few minute, you know, a few last minute supplies. We were going up there for, you know, arrive there sometime around uh, lunchtime on Saturday. And we were going to do, you know, lunch, dinner, breakfast the next day, and maybe a hangout lunch to leave, you know, Sunday afternoon. So each couple was responsible for a meal. I chose breakfast, right? Most important meal of the day. Why not be made by the most important person? there? <laughs> um, of course I'm kidding, but, uh, yeah. So I decided I'm going to do breakfast. If I'm going to do breakfast, I ain't fucking around. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing home fries. I'm doing eggs. I'm doing sausages. Okay. So I went to Costco and I bought a thousand sausages, uh, like four loaves of bread. Uh, what else did I get? I got like, I think two and a half dozen eggs because <laughs> it was originally supposed to be, uh, I know I've, I've made fun of Johnny occasionally, Johnny and Jill, right? We talk about Johnny's bachelor parties, getting married in September, which is the month we are now in August is Gansky. So we are going to be, uh, you know, doing his wedding later on, but Johnny and Jill were supposed to come. They were not able to find a sitter or a dog sitter. Um, so they weren't not, uh, not able to attend, unfortunately, but, uh, I, we were under the impression they were. So I bought a shitload of, of breakfast items for them. Came home from Costco Friday night and, uh, I, I prepped like a fucking half, I don't know, a kilo of potatoes thinking that there's a lot of people. I don't know. It didn't look like a lot in a pot when I'm thinking 10 people, but. It ended up being uh, way too many fucking potatoes. Anyways, long story short, it was Friday night. Uh, you know, my one and only, my beautiful angel was feeling sick. Um, she wasn't feeling good after work. So we had a bit of a concern there that we wouldn't be, wouldn't be able to attend. Um, kids weren't with us on Friday night. So, you know, it was one of those shit. Let's play it by ear. See how we're doing in the morning. And, uh, and luckily the next day, Crystal wasn't feeling, you know, hundred percent. She wasn't tip top, but you know, decided let's, let's do it. Let's, let's see, you know, dope myself up, but you know, no drinking, you know, I'll just, I'll have my, I brought her some coconut water, right? Good, uh, electrolytes and potassium and all that stuff. Coconut water, super expensive. It's like regular water, but it costs you seven bucks a liter. So, but anyways, we got her, we got the coconut water, make sure she's okay. Right. I want her feeling good. And, uh, and we headed on up, right. Packed her up and, uh, and brought all the food and everything and headed up to the cottage in the Shawville area. And, uh, it was a nice drive. We actually ended up rendezvousing with uh, Jimmy and Alex on the way and did the rest of the drive together. Great. We showed up. Everyone was, you know, very excited to see everybody. Um, you know, the cottage is a great little, you know, sort of three story thing that, uh, that Mika's dad and his entire family have worked on over the years. I mean, I, I don't, uh, I don't know how comfortable he is with me describing his, his family's property that much, but all I can say is that there's a nice pond. 
You know, there's, there's tons of accommodations inside and beautiful architecture and just pieces, uh, that they've collected over the years, tons of upgrade. It was, it's beautiful. It's great to be there. Uh, a wonderful spot. So when we first got there, the kids had a great time just seeing everything. Uh, they have a rope swing that goes over the pond that you can swing into and, and swim like lots of, lots of great, uh, great features there. Um, anyways, we got there started doing a little unpack and I gave the kids and crystal tour because it was their first time coming up. This has been sort of like a, a traditional place. Mika and his family go up quite a few times, of course, over the summer, but myself and Jim, we've been going with Mika since, you know, high school. And, uh, you know, we don't always make it up there as much as we'd like to. So it's, it's, it's become, you know, a once every couple of years thing, um, as of late and, and we'd like to do it more. So a nice, nice thing there, nice little piece of my history with my two best friends. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was cool to be able to do it again. And of course to show crystal and the kids. So, uh, we got up there, we all unpacked, decided on sleeping arrangements, things like that. And, um, and then we decided we were going to go to the Shawville fair, uh, something to do. Right. So we all, we all got unpacked and then said, Hey, let's check out the Shawville fair thing. And I got to tell you guys, wow, what a fair it was. <clears throat> we got in there. Um, it wasn't anything like it for, in terms of fairs, it was average, I think, you know what I mean? They didn't have anything outstanding. And of course this is like what a month after taking the kids to Canada's wonderland. So underwhelmed, not even, I think we were there like early first week of August. So this is like, like a month, exactly like a month to the day after we went to wonderland, the kids were underwhelmed to say the least. Um, it was uh, relatively expensive to get in considering that once we got in, nobody wanted to go. Like we took the babies and everything like that. Um, I didn't realize this, but, uh, but Mel and Mika informed me that to just have your baby around like lights and people and stuff like that is good for them. You know, I'm not suggesting that you put them in a closet, like you're growing a pot plant or something like that. But you know, I guess that's a thing you bring them around crowds and noises and music and stuff like that. So they, they didn't want to go on any rides you know, not to suggest they put their baby on one, but we offered to watch the kids. If you guys wanted to go jump on some rides, they weren't really interested. Same with Jimmy and Alex, um, Brody didn't give a shit to go on any rides. And I think we let Michaela go on a few. She just, she, even her, she was like, kind of like, yeah, I'm done with it. But here's the thing about the Shawville fair. It was like, you know, uh, it's small town stuff. It was, it was like an all in the family freak show fuck fest. Like everybody there looked so inbred. There were people who were like, there was, there was women who were dressed like, you know, Jersey shore, like they're there at the Shawville fair to find a husband, tons of like young mother. There was this one guy, I think all of us, you know, when we were leaving, like we were all like, did you see this one? And this is a relatively large fair. Everyone was like, did you see this one guy? He had a fucking, you know what he looked like? Okay. I don't know if you've all seen home alone, but the older brother buzz with the fucking gap teeth and the red hair and the stupid, like just asshole face on him, put a pair of aviator shades on him. All right. And then like a hard rock cafe style jacket. So like fleece varsity sort of leather sleeves. And then he had a big, just a big written on the back of this thing, the best. And he was hunched over and sort of like swaying his shoulders back and forth at like just leering through the crowd looking for, he was all by himself. It wasn't like he was a group of friends and he thought he was the fucking man. This is a guy who showed up with fucking goofy, curly red hair, a mouth breather, fucking <laughs> demeanor. And just like, yeah, yeah, I'm a fine meet at girlies. It was just, it was, you saw the look on his face. He looked 
like a child predator in training. He like, that was the outfit he was wearing. It was like the cub scout uniform of, of child predators. Like he was learning how <laughs> it was fucking weird to see, but he was just, yeah, I, I can't, I, I should have taken, you know what? I shouldn't have taken a picture. I'm just like, I should have taken a picture and posted it for you guys. I shouldn't. That's rude to put him on, on blast like that. But generally this was fucking, this was weird. Everything was like that. Every you turn around, there was another person. Yeah. There was a guy in front of us who was wearing a jean jacket with no sleeves and a Confederate flag on the back that said Geeter Dunn. All right. Like that's where we were. And guess what? In Shawville, they speak French. So this guy's wearing a Confederate flag. Obviously Larry, the cable guy phrase Geeter Dunn. And, uh, so yeah, needless to say, we were there for, you know, less than two hours and we got the fuck out of there. So that was our experience at the Shawville fair. I highly recommend it. If you're just, you know, kind of feeling down on yourself and going, you know what? I've had enough of, of the, the big theme parks and conversation with sentences and structure. Let's just go down to the Shawville fair and, you know, jump on some rides that were assembled by carnies in haste. Right. So who knows if your child's actually going to get off of them alive. And, uh, you know, well, people watch it was, it was so fun. That's what Mika Mellon said. We're, we're happy to just stand here. We don't have to get on any rides. We're just watching people go by. <laughs> it was uh, relatively entertaining. And then again, then it just gets sad afterwards. You know, it's like watching the American horror story freak show. You just go, Oh, I just feel bad for these people. So we went back to the cottage after that. And, uh, and next was, uh, cutting down dead trees. There was a couple trees. I guess we had to earn our keep on this little vacay up to the cottage and, uh, yeah, I think we had to, uh, <laughs> we had to cut down two dead trees. So Mika was, uh, was showing us how to do that. And explain to me how to, uh, cut down trees with a, a chainsaw. Now, some of you might already know how to do this. I know that Mika and Jimmy listening already know how to do this, but, uh, yeah, you cut that little triangular shape out of the side of the tree in the direction that you want it to fall. And then, uh, you only do the halfway into the tree, right? You little half spot here. And then what you do is you cut. As Mika explained, you put a cut in the back straight, but slightly above, uh, where the cut is so that it'll fall and it'll fall forward into your thing. If you cut below it, the tree might kick back and you could injure yourself. Uh, successful lumberjacking tips from, um, Sir Mika of Sakuland. Um, so yeah, we, we cut down two trees. Once the trees fell, it was actually pretty impressive to see like a three, four, five story tree. Uh, maybe not that, maybe not five stories, but I would say at least four on the big one. Just, just watching a four story tree, just fall boom and hit the ground in front of you. That's pretty exciting. So once it fell, we hacked all the, the limbs off it with a hatchet. And by we, I mean, mostly Jimmy, <laughs> but, uh, we hacked all the limbs off of it, carried them into a big bonfire fire area. The, the fire was not lit just uh, in preparation for a bonfire. And, uh, and then Mika cut the whole thing, uh, into like you know, foot, foot and a half pieces. We threw in the back of Jim's truck and, uh, Bob's your uncle. That didn't take too, too long. It was very interesting though. I got to tell you, I didn't, I've never been present to cut down a tree and being taught the skill is interesting. So, uh, just no trees. If you fuck with me, I know how to take you down. All right. Um, but yeah, we did that. We filled the truck, drove the truck off. And then that was the first thing I broke at Shawville this weekend <laughs> was, uh, driving back up the path, uh, away from the, the one side of the pond where the trees were. Um, there was a big, long sort of stick that they used to close off that path, that, that driving path. And, uh, I swung the, the stick around and went to, to drop it down. Like I didn't bend all the way over to place it on the ground. It's a giant sort of, you know, 
four or five inch diameter stick. I thought I could drop it a foot and a half, two feet to, to the ground. But as soon as I dropped it, it hit the ground and shattered in the middle. So just think of, uh, like a toll, you know, a little toll thing, little toll stick or whatever they call that. You know, the bar comes down for the toll. You pay the toll. It raises. Well, imagine that thing just shattering off the, the, the small working end. So it's basically just this little nub that was <laughs> pointed upwards afterwards. So I broke that. Sorry about that. Meeks. Sorry, Leo. Um, I busted, uh, broke that came back right away. was like, Hey, sorry. So I broke the the thing and they're like, ah, that's okay. You know, it, it was old. We'll find anyone. I'm like, yeah, well, I know it's been there a while and I apologize. So I'm sitting in this, uh, I think they call them Adirondack chairs. I'm sitting in a blue Adirondack chair. So maybe five minutes after I'm apologizing for breaking that, I go to place my hands. We're, I was sitting on a bit of a, an incline backwards. So, uh, I'm already sitting like <laughs> 40 to 45 degree angle with my back and I'm a big dude. So I need a little help to get up. I, uh, I know you might look at me and go, Josh, you've got so much core strength that even if you're at a 45 degree angle, you could just pull yourself up. You don't need hands. And I go, yeah, I appreciate that. I'm often confused with, uh, exceptional abdominal strength, but, um, in this particular case, I, uh, could not. So I went to put my hands on the arms of the chair to as leverage. Um, and if you're not familiar with the concept of leverage, Google it. Um, I need it. I need to push up on the arms to get out of the chair. And as soon as I went to press up, I shattered the left arm of the chair it was wood. It busted off of the, the one nail holding it and just shattered. And so, um, you know, broken, broken piece. Number two, I busted an Adirondack chair like 10 minutes after breaking the, uh, the, uh, the barricade bar. And, uh, yeah. So I'm just sitting there going, this is, this is crazy. I do not want to be, uh, busting any more chairs. So we found uh, a different type of chair. It wasn't wooden, wasn't old. And, uh, sat in that for a while metal after sitting in that one for a while, the metal started to bend. Oh, I am the chair destroyer. Um, I did not break another chair, but it did bend a little. And after that, I'm like, you know what? My self-esteem does not need any more of a shit kicking. I am going to sit on the stones by the fire and not test fate. But then I was concerned that I would create a rock slide or something like that and destroy that. So, um, we had a good night. Uh, once we got back, crystal started drinking. Um, she was feeling better and, uh, you know, went in Rome, everybody else was drinking, you know, uh, the kids were having a fun time around the fire and roasting marshmallows. Um, you know, I was breaking chairs, you know, it's a very destructive destructive pastime of mine to sit around a fire. I need to sacrifice at least a few pieces of furniture. Um, but yeah, so that was, uh, that was an interesting little part of the evening, but yeah, we started having some drinks. Um, we started sharing stories too. I don't know if I, I'll get into it because they're very embarrassing and very personal, but, uh, you know, we were drinking, we were sitting around the fires getting dark and we just started all telling, uh, ridiculously embarrassing stories. Brody was having a good time at this point. I think Michaela was inside just watching uh, movies on the old VCR and we were sitting outside having drinks, sharing just embarrassing stories. And every now and again, I would share one that involved me and crystal sexually, uh, perhaps, <laughs> and, uh, and then immediately go, oh shit, Brody's right here. Oh, sorry, buddy. And he's like, yeah, that's okay. And he was just, he, I don't know. He had, he was kind of a life of body. He was very, very fun. He, uh, he fit in perfectly with everything. He was having a good time. Um, him and I playing back and forth, had everybody laughing. Just some of the bullshit that we were saying him and I share a very childish sense of humor. 
So, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. And then, uh, my, my allergies were brutal though. Like absolutely brutal. I must've gone through an entire roll of paper towel. And then every time I blow my nose and throw a paper towel at the fire, I'd fucking miss caricature cartoonish fucking pathetic misses. And I'm sitting three feet away from the fucking fire. So I think it was just something that gave us cheap laughs. Um, you know, I'm sorry if, uh, if everyone listening is not interested in this, I, I had a, I had an absolute blast. Um, finally went to bed. Uh, woke up to piss five times in the middle of the night. It, uh, it started raining at one point. So I remember the first time I went out, the fire was still just very small little flickers of flame. Uh, when outside and peed, there was no bathroom inside the cottage. So it was all outhouse, of course, <clears throat> but I am afraid of the dark. <laughs> so I just went out front and peed in the grass and, uh, well, actually not in the grass in the, in the bushes, but there next time I went to pee, um, embers. Next time I went to pee, pitch black, except for the little front uh, porch light there. Uh, next time it was full blown raining and then it was raining again the second time. I just remember seeing the progression of the evening via trips to go outside and pee. And apparently after everyone was drinking their faces off, I am the only person that woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. Everyone else slept through the night, but I pissed five times like a fucking 80 year old man with prostate problems. And the worst was I couldn't breathe. My allergies were so fucking bad. I, I just could not breathe. So that maybe that's part of why I went so many times and wake up, you know, and then have to go to the bathroom. Anyways, woke up the next day and got started on breakfast. And I tell you, we had, we feasted, we feasted tons of leftovers. Um, breakfast was pretty cool. We had a lot of people on the go cause there were so many frying pans where right? you need frying pans for eggs, home fries, sausages. Uh, Jim was manning a portable sort of grill that he brought to do up the toast. Cause there's no toaster there. So it was pretty cool. A lot of, a lot of hands on deck for breakfast. Um, very, very cool for us all to come together. We had a great breakfast together and, um, I think we tidied up relatively quick after that. And, uh, you know, we decided what's, what's been the regular theme guys, board games. So we played sort of like a group, uh, another group game of, uh, settlers of Gatan, which, uh, yours truly won. Um, but only after all of us got into fights with each other, all <laughs> like, like monopoly fights, arguments, we're still friends. Don't worry. Things are going well. But, uh, we, uh, we, we had some arguments and, and things like that, but, but twas all in good fun. Um, so we had the, we had a fun, fun game of that. And then we started packing up. It was funny too. Cause I got to see like the, the women would, would take off periodically to like change diapers or breastfeeds, you know, new moms. It was cool to see an opportunity for them to come out and, and do socializing stuff, but still having the baby, like it was relaxed enough that, you know. I, I mean, I don't really know what the general day-to-day -day context of that is. Like, I, I'm sure they're not doing things in big groups, but it's, I feel like when you're in a big group at a social event or something like that, and you got to breastfeed or something, you gotta, you gotta go away from everybody. And, and while they sort of did in this, in this situation, it wasn't like, I don't know. I didn't, didn't seem exclusive or whatever, but what the fuck do I know? It's not like I'm walking around trying to, you know, see what the habits of breastfeeding women or, or baby changing women are. But, uh, it was, it was cool to see the babies. It was cool to see my, my two best friends as parents with their lovely wives as, as parents and just sort of the dynamic. It was very cool. It was very cool. It's great to spend time with, with my lady too, out of the city and amongst friends. It's like, I gotta say, like all my favorite people were in, in one place for the weekend. So, uh, you know, while I'm spending a lot of time talking about it, I do have to say that it was very special to me in that regard. And, uh, and a little disappointed that it's over, you know, we're going to, we're going to do our potluck again in the, in the, you know, uh, I guess fall winter season before Christmas, but, um, it was cool having everybody together right before, you know, the kids go back to school 
everybody starts to get ready for fall kind of thing. Uh, it was very, very cool. We also do this tradition, um, on the particular road where Mika's cottage is, um, there's a few hills, uh, dirt road and some hills. And, uh, we, we used to jump in the back of Jim's truck and just gun it down these, these roads because we'd, you know, go up, up the hills and you sort of get that little weightless feeling in your stomach and the, the wind's blowing in here because you're standing in the back of the truck. So we actually did that, uh, with Crystal and the kids, uh, down the roads or whatever. And there's a, a picture on Instagram of us in the back of the truck and, uh, and us flying down the road at one of the safer points to take pictures. So, uh, check that out. If you guys aren't already following us on one man podcast, uh, Instagram, take a look at that. That was a lot of fun. And yeah, so we packed up, headed back on Sunday and that was, uh, that was the weekend guys. I know it's a lot of chit chat about the weekend, but I, I had a great time. I can't thank Mika, Melissa, Jimmy, Alex, uh, Crystal, and of course the kids more for, for just making it a very memorable weekend. Um, apologies to Mika and his, uh, you know, condolences on loss of chairs, <laughs> But even more incentive guys, I got to tell you, like the chairs were old. So I feel like obviously the weight comes into play, but you know, it's not like I sat in chairs and just shattered them. I mean, it would have been funny to, to take some more pictures and stuff. Really didn't get a whole lot of pictures, um, from the weekend, but all said and done, had a great time, broke a lot of chairs. Um, and, and very excited. I will say this though. I want to add this, um, into, uh, into the mix. I have uh, an idea for a new segment that I'd like to do. Um, because a few of these just crossed my mind this, uh, this last weekend, but, but pet peeves, right? Everyone knows what a pet peeve is. If not, it is something just very small that tends to irk you, get you a little frustrated when you see it happen. And I want to offer up a couple little things, uh, pet peeves of mine. I, I encountered a couple of them this weekend on the trip. Um, <coughs> if not all three, but I'm throwing three out there. You guys feel free to throw some of your personal pet peeves at me. I might add a couple every week and I'm not talking about things that drive you absolutely fucking like infuriating, not big, long diatribe, just tiny little things we can all relate to like uh toast crumbs. Um, I don't like that. I don't like toast crumbs in my butter or margarine. Okay. I, um, I don't know if I'm buttering toast. And, and the, the, the butter's clean. And then all of a sudden I stick my knife in and, uh, you know, I go, go get a little more and I see that I've left toast crumbs. I will just gingerly, you know, scrape those off the top and either put them on my thing or, or wipe them off in a paper towel. I don't like leaving food in my, in my, uh, condiments. So I don't know if any of that bothers anybody else. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to choke you over it. You know, but, uh, but we all know who you are. I think that's, that's the thing I've, I've heard there's two kinds of people, people who are okay with toast crumbs and people who are not, I'm one of the ones who's not, you know, like I will, I will avoid a, an entire half of the butter container. If you look in someone's butter container, you can see it's all been buttered to one side. Look at the other side, bet you there's fucking toast crumbs there. That's everyone avoiding the toast crumbs. And usually even the person who left them there in the first fucking place, avoiding the goddamn toast crumbs. So I do not like toast crumbs. I do not abide them. Um, and I try to keep them out of there. Uh, you know, everyone, you could get them in there. Shit happens. You get them in, but get them the fuck out afterwards. You know, you don't just drop them in there and then avoid them. No, you put that shit in there. You clean it the fuck up. You know, I, I don't know. Just what do you like? Sometimes some people have like just shit loads of stuff. And it's like almost like you're dipping the fucking toast in the butter, shattering it upon impact, like a boat hitting a shore and just shrapnel and, and debris <laughs> flying into the fucking sands. Get it the fuck out of there. Another one that I don't like. All right. This is one I don't like. I don't like when I'm, when I'm pulling on toilet paper, I think we can all, all agree to this one, right? This is not, this is nobody's fault, but you know, when you grab the toilet paper and you go to pull, pull a, a strand, I guess you're an orus or a rope of it 
a rope, what the fuck, a scarf. <laughs> what the fuck do you call it? You call a, you pull a stream of toilet paper off and then you go to break it and the fucking, the one square in your finger is what breaks off. Not, it doesn't break back at the roll, but it breaks the fucking one, one thing in your hand. Oh, that is a moment of, of instant infuriation. Just like, oh, it, fa- it falls to the ground. It's not the end of the world. It's just like, what the fuck? I wasn't trying to break it there. I was trying to break it back in the thing. That's where I put the tension. Anyways, just one of those like little moments where you're just like, oh, fuck off. You know what I mean? Anyways, um, there's that. And then finally, I got to tell you another thing that just bothers me, a fucking pet peeve. Um, I don't like when people leave two or three seconds on the fucking microwave. All right. This is a big one. This one fucks me up because for me, uh, I don't leave, uh, I don't wear a watch and I don't bring my phone with me everywhere in the house. So for me, the microwave is usually one of the clocks that I will look at to see what time everything is or whatever. And, um, I find if you like people will just pop open the microwave with the two seconds left and then grab their shit and take it out. Like really that two seconds was going to make the difference. They don't clear it off afterwards. They just close the door and leave it there. So two things fuck you up. One, you don't see your clock. And number two, if you go to put something in the microwave and then hit the buttons, it doesn't work because there's still time left. So you have to clear their fucking time off and put it back on. Are these big deals? Are these first world problems? You bet your ass they are, but they're problems. That's why they call them that. All right. And I will, I will find you every, every house I've ever lived in some fucking culprit, right? And there's different people. There's some culprit that will leave that fucking two seconds on there and not clear the goddamn microwave clock off. All right. So I will fucking, I'll find you and I'll choke you. I will choke you for that. You clear, you open it early. I don't give a fuck. You don't want those two seconds. Okay. 57 seconds is important to you. Not a minute. Then you fucking hit stop and clear at the end of it. I know some people are like, yes, absolutely. All right. And you guys are the ones I'm counting on. I want to hear it from you guys. I want to know what your pet peeves are too. All right. But the reason I'm saying this is that, that a lot of the time someone will leave two fucking seconds on the clock and I'll be across the room doing something and I'll look up to see what fucking time it is. And the microwave, my, my reference point has got two or three seconds on it and I can't see the time. And that's what happened at uh, Mika's cottage. When we were playing the board games breakfast, I was able to swing over my shoulder and look and see what time it was in the microwave a few times. Yeah. Why do they have a microwave, not a toaster? I don't know. I don't know. But the microwave was my clock. I, I was able to look at it while I was cooking breakfast. And then we sat down to play board games and I'm, I'm surrounded. I'm in against a banquette, like a bench, uh, which did not break. Luckily I had more uh, success sitting in chairs on Sunday than I did on Saturday. Nothing uh, broke for me on Sunday. But, uh, I remember looking across the clock, the, the room at the microwave a few times during the board game just to see what time it was to see if we were still on schedule for leaving. Um, and uh, every time I looked up, it said two seconds on it. So that was frustrating. And my phone, of course, we were at the cottage, no service. My phone was placed nicely into my luggage and I was thoroughly enjoying not having people messaging me or asking me for spots on shows or, you know, who should they talk to to get booked at absolute, just all the regular day-to-day annoyances. Um, it was great. It was with my, my favorite people didn't need that, but I didn't have the time, wasn't able to keep us on schedule. And every time I looked at the clock in a fucking microwave, two seconds. So those are my pet peeves. Get your fucking toast crumbs out of my margarine. Get your goddamn you get your shit together, toilet paper and you break. I would say even just if toilet paper manufacturers could make the perforations bigger, like every eight fucking squares or something, you know what I mean? Like every eight or eight to 10, you guys tell me we'll, we'll figure it out together, but eight to 10 squares, we make the perforations a little bit bigger. So when you pull it out long and you, you give it a haul, it busts in longer streams, you know, scarf length 
I don't know that. And then, you know, erase your fucking time when you're done with the microwave, you get it out early. I don't have a problem with that, but you clear your fucking, you clear the chance. Like that's like pissing. It's not exactly the same, but it's like leaving shit in the toilet, right? You know, you, you flush that shit. You, you reset it for the next person who's coming along, right? That's reasonable. Anyways, they got a very, if it's yellow, let it mellow on the microwave. So that's, uh, that's my little pet peeves. Um, I will find you and I will kill you. Whoever it was that left at the, the, the time. Anyways, um, I had a great time at the cottage. Thank you uh, to everybody, um, who came out. That was really, like I gotta say, I mean, I know I, I didn't really talk about a whole lot that happened last week, but, uh, I spent a lot of time just doing a little, little things here and there, getting some stuff ready and, um, you know, made a, made a big, uh, big preparation for, for this weekend. I, I, I really can't say what a great time it felt. I feel recharged. Um, despite the fact that, uh, that I was, you know, like I said, you know, busting things while I was there that made me feel, made me feel bad. I don't like, you know, busting my buddy's stuff. You know, it reminds me I'm trying to, trying to lose the weight. You know, I definitely did not take my health into consideration. We were having fucking sandwich bar for lunch. Uh, thank you, Alex and Jim for that. Mika and Mel made delicious pulled pork sandwiches for dinner. And, uh, they even brought out uh, coleslaw and a big suggestion by them was, Hey, take the coleslaw, put it on the pulled pork, adds a nice crunch to the sandwich. And man, were they right? They were absolutely right. Um, I did have an opportunity to poop in an outhouse real far from the cabin, uh, in the dark. Very scary. I have an overactive imagination. Definitely expected to get murdered by an ax murderer. And after busting two chairs and this outhouse being on sort of a hill, I, uh, I kind of felt like, uh, this, everything was going to collapse into the outhouse and I'd go falling down a, a hill in a shit toboggan. So, uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff there. Anyways, I, I, I had a great time. I'm, I'm happy to be home. Uh, you know, newly recharged with, uh, with some vitamin love from my favorite people. So, uh, so thanks for that. And I hope that my little tales of what we did were, were mildly entertaining for my listeners. Otherwise you've skipped long ahead and are, are getting close to the next section. Uh, which is, uh, of course the, uh, the sponsors, right? And as usual, my partners at portablepress.com and uncle John's bathroom reader. Uh, this week I have selected an article. Uh, we are back to uncle John's heavy duty bathroom reader. Uh, and I picked an article. I was reading it the other night, uh, before bed, just trying to get a, uh, you know, a little ahead on some of these articles. And I found one that I thought was really fun. I actually found several that I th thought were really funny. It was hard to pick, uh, which one, but I decided to go with an article that is called how not to rob a bank. So these days it's harder than ever to hold up a bank and actually get away with it. But some people do not these robbers though. Each one made a key mistake. Let's see what they did wrong. So the job, a 16 year old boy handed a note to a teller at people's United bank in Fairfield, Connecticut in March, 2010, the demand put $100,000 into a bag. As the teller started filling a bag, the boy noticed the bank was being put on lockdown. So he ran out with only $900. He made it to the parking lot and started running towards his getaway car. Inside, uh, inside it was his accomplice, 27 year old Albert Bailey. A swarm of cops were already there and easily apprehended the pair. The mistake about 15 minutes earlier, Bailey actually phoned the bank and said, get the money ready. We're coming. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. The next one, the job in April, 2005, a group of armed men stormed into a Chicago bank and tied up several bank employees. The gang escaped with $81,000. The police had no leads and no suspects. The mistake, 
Five months later, one of the robbers called a morning zoo Chicago radio show and bragged about the job. Calling himself D, he gave details that only the robbers would know. An FBI agent on her way to work was listening to the show, so she went to the radio station and traced the call to a cell phone owned by Randy Washington, 24 years old. He and an accomplice, William Slate, 19, were both arrested. Third one, the job. In March 2010, Robert Yoder, 55, of Fallbrook, Washington, walked into a bank and demanded the teller fill up a pouch full of money. The teller complied. Yoder walked out of the bank, got into his truck, and drove away. The mistake, Yoder was a tow truck driver and the name of his company was printed on the truck, which could clearly be seen by a surveillance camera. Yoder got a call that afternoon about a broken down vehicle, but when he showed up, there was no broken down vehicle, only the police. He was arrested. Number four, the job. A man walked into a Chase bank in Chicago wearing a clown mask with a big red nose and red hair. He was carrying a toy machine gun. He handed a demand note to a teller who filled up a bag with money. The clown rounded to the bank. The mistake. His getaway vehicle was a bicycle. It took him him a minute to get it going. The mask, toy gun, and bag of money made it difficult. That was all the time the police needed to chase down the clown and tackle him. They fucking caught him on foot. That's hilarious. Uh, The job. Gerald Paul Arnold, 34, walked into a credit union in Anchorage, Alaska in 2009, asked the teller to check his account balance, and then handed her a holdup note. She filled a bag with about $600, and Arnold fled the scene. Police arrived at the bank a few minutes later, but the suspect was nowhere to be found. The mistake, he asked the teller to check his account balance and showed her his driver's license to verify his ID. The teller gave the information to the cops. Arnold is now serving 12 years in prison for bank robbery with no time off for stupid behavior. The next one, the job. In 2009, a would-be bank robber in uh, Kirchheim, Austria, approached the door. I, I don't know if I said that right. In Kirchheim, Kirchheim, Austria, approached the door of the bank donned a Barack Obama mask, took out a gun and went to open the door. The bank was closed. Sorry, this is the mistake. The bank was closed and it had been for 35 minutes. Inside were several bank employees taking part in a training session. The frustrated bank robber banged his gun on the window. According to one of the workers, we thought it was part of the training, some sort of initiative test or a joke laughing. Only, <laughs> laughing only seemed to make him more angry. The robber gave up and left. And finally, the job, a man stuffed a knife into the front, uh, sorry, into his front pants pocket and walked into a bank in Kumagaya, Japan in 2010. The mistake, he didn't really know how to rob a bank. So he asked a teller, any idea how you rob a bank? The teller asked her supervisor what to do if someone asks how to rob a bank. The supervisor politely asked the man to leave. He did, but the worker who was escorting him out noticed blood running down the man's thigh. Somehow he'd stabbed himself with his knife. He was taken to a hospital, treated and arrested, but for illegal possession of a weapon, not for attempted robbery in quotations or sorry, not in quotations in parentheses, he didn't actually rob the bank. He only asked how to do it. And then of course, at the bottom of both of these pages, there are the little, uh, you know, piece of facts here, length of the average professional fireworks show in 1980, one hour today, 20 minutes. And this book came out in, I think 2010. Uh, so yeah, it went from one hour to 20 minutes, the average length of the fireworks show. And on the other page was Mongolian warrior helmets doubled as cooking pots and inspired the Chinese walk. 
remember when I read that the other night, I was like, that's fucking weird. The idea that like one, one night you'll be fucking cooking in your helmet and the next morning you get up and put it back on your head. It's gotta be all sticky and salty or gooey or whatever the fuck it is that you're cooking, especially if it's a walk, right? They're all about the sauces and stuff. Anyways. Uh, so that was how not to rob a bank from our partners at portablepress.com. And of course the bathroom readers Institute, uncle John's bathroom readers to be specific. So guys, as always check out uh, portablepress.com. You'll see all the different kinds of books that they have. There's, there's tons of different stuff. Some are themed and some are just good old fashioned books on trivia. Um, and as always, I do have two other spectacular partners, absolute comedy and Summersby. I'll play their ads now. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. Ah, your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. <clears throat> and we're back. <coughs> it's hard not to cough during those. I just sit here while they play. Uh, this week, uh, reasonable amount of stuff going on. I did, uh, I did go to my, uh, my old hot tub, uh, stuff work here. My buddy, uh, York's who owns, uh, you know, a, a great hot tub company, um, did some, uh, some help with him today. Did some help, gave him some help, did some work, a couple things. Sometimes sentences crash together in my brain and they come out in uh, an automobile accident, um, of vocabulary running out of steam. It's getting late. Words aren't making sense to me anymore. Uh, when I did that today, uh, as well as of course, back to the ride sharing, right back to the world cottage life is over back to driving people around, you know, answering the same questions. Do you get a lot of material driving Uber? Not really. Thanks for asking. Um, cause people are boring in the morning when they're on their way to work. I'm fucking boring in the car. You know, people are like, when people find out that I do comedy or stuff or they ask questions there, uh, you know, can you give me some of your sketch? I just say that right now, if you're ever talking to a comic, we don't do sketches. We don't do sketches, you know, we don't have a skit. That's what a lot of people say. Here's something you can use in your skit on my skit. Okay. Thanks. We have an act. We have a set, you know, we, we have a performance. 
Um, you know, I'm not trying to say that we're anything fancy, but this is my set. This is my act. This is my routine. But, uh, you know, it's not a sketch, <laughs> which is ske sketch and skit made blended together for some reason. You know, my doodah. You, you can put this in your doodad. That's even better. It's like, you don't even know what I do. So it's funny too when people come up to you after a show and go, here's a, here's a joke you can use in your sketch. Oh, you should talk about this guy over here. He's a fucking hilarious. He's, you'll, get, you'll get hours of material off him. <laughs> yeah, I bet everyone I talk to across the country is going to be real interested. Hey, you guys, you guys know Phil? No? Well, you're going to love it. He's this fucking guy. He gets drunk and fucking pisses, you know? He's, this guy always a fucking idiot, you know? He's always backing into shit with his car. Why aren't any of you laughing? Anyways, I don't know. Sorry, that's, that's me lashing out years of people coming up to me i've had to get that off my chest for a while we don't do fucking sketches nobody gives a shit about your friend phil and the fact that you would come up to me and tell me a street joke okay so this guy walks into a fucking bar right and there's three guys there one of them's 12 feet tall it's like i dude is that really what you think my act is i'm gonna go on stage and i get to tell street jokes the difference between me and you is that i have the balls to just tell them to groups of strangers come on have a little bit of fucking class anyways what the hell was I talking about? <laughs> I, uh, I'm headed to, uh, to Renfrew tomorrow. Uh, there's a place there that's looking to do a show in November. So I'm going to go scope that out. Right. So I say tomorrow it's for you guys. It's today. Anyone who's listening day of Wednesday, Wednesday, as they spell it in the old English. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm heading to that. It's going to be a, a great show. If they end up doing it, it'll be in November. It'll be myself. Uh, you know, I, I can't even, I can't even bill it yet. Cause it's, we're, we're checking to see if it's even possible. Why get, why get everyone excited for nothing? Good chance. There will be a show in Renfrew for my Ottawa Valley people to come out and see in November. So I'm going to check that out Thursday, a very special little shout out. My little brother is, uh, is having his birthday. Um, you know, so happy birthday to Aaron Williams on the September 7th, the first official, uh, birthday shout out. I don't intend to do them. I'm not a regular radio program. Can you imagine if that's the emails? Hey guys, if you have anyone you want me to say happy birthday to send it on in. Um, so yeah, happy birthday, my brother. Uh, I think he is turning. How old am I? 34. I think he's turning 33, 33. So happy 33rd, Aaron. Um, many happy returns. Blah, 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 blah. Friday, I am going with the girlfriend. Oh, geez. We are going to go see uh, It. Stephen King's It comes out on Friday. So I'm going to go sit with my eyes closed through another horror movie because that's how I do. I'm a huge pussy. And I like to watch my horror movies with my eyes closed because I get less scared that way. But uh, I'm still excited to do it. And Crystal found a spot in uh, in Orleans that apparently does the Halifax-style Donaire. So she wants to go for, uh, for Halifax Donaire burgers. Apparently they do it on a burger instead of in a wrap. Uh, she's already tried one, said they're great. So I can't wait her treat. We are going out for these Halifax Donaire burgers. And then I'm going to take us to go see it. It will be, uh, will be a lot of fun. Apparently it's getting lots of great reviews already. Super spooky. Everyone is saying. So, uh, looking forward to that. That's gonna be my Friday night. I have zero plans on Saturday. Does mean I won't find something to do with it, but as it stands, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself on Saturday. So, oh, geez. Sorry. I was chugging water during the, uh, the commercials there, the advertisements. So anyways, um, yeah, nothing but Saturday, Sunday though. Very exciting for me. 
I'm looking forward to, I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we did the training for it. It is the, uh, CSGO tournament at Scotiabank theater in Ottawa. That is the, uh, counter-strike global offensive, uh, video game tournament. I can't remember what it's called. I believe it's called the world series of gaming, um, you know, or world championship gaming, something like that. But the idea is it's a big tournament and yours truly is hosting it, which means I get to make fun of video game nerds. Um, some of them like myself, this is a, this is a computer nerd game one. So it's not like console. I don't know. I think there's something cooler about playing like PlayStation and Xbox. It feels mildly disconnected from the computer, but this is one where they've got like full blown gaming computers and these fucking nerds are going to come <laughs> shitting on them already. These nerds, this is the best of the best of the video game guys, which means they have spent hours in front of the computer. I am picturing people, the likes of the South park, um, you know, rendition, like the, the fucking big fat South park in front of the computer nerd guys who leave the basement long enough, who do not have the decency to shower beforehand, I must say. Okay. But these, these nostril assailants, these guys were going to come out, you know, wear their ill fitting shirts, you know, who don't, who don't have policies like me, like, Hey, if you're going to wear a shirt, make sure you're wearing a, a matching undershirt so that when you're, when you're, you know, front butt fucking spills, <laughs> spills out of your shirt. At least it's not as obvious to everyone else. There's still like a fucking, you know, it's like a reserve shoot. That's the way I look at it. My fucking shirt is my parachute because it's fucking parachute sized. So goddamn big. It's like the same amount of material, right? You got your shoot and then you got your fucking undershirt that's tucked into your pants that actually holds your belly. And that's your reserve shoot. So when the first one fucking fails, you go spilling out of that. You got the fucking reserve shoot. These, these goddamn carnival sideshows that come, you know, waddling out of the fucking basement, you know, <laughs> when do they open the popcorn? <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I really, I don't mean to fucking pick on these goddamn guys, but seriously, you're entering these guys fancy themselves cyber athletes, you know, I don't know they, they come out and, you know, we're going to win $8,000 sponsored video game guys. I would hate, I would hate to be the people who have to, uh, I don't even, I'm so sorry. I'm going down a, a very, a very mean and hateful thing. Good for them. You know, they're, they're doing something. I, you know what I think it is? I think I'm envious of someone who can just sit around for hours and hours and hours and play video games. You know what I mean? I love my podcast because I feel like I'm not staring at a screen for, for at least the hour, sometimes two hours that I'm doing this podcast. Cause the second the podcast is over, guess what? Fucking mix down on the recorder, throw it into the computer, stare at the computer for a while, move it into garage band, stare at the screen while I put it on Alphonic, stare at the screen while I put it up on Podbean, screen, 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 right? Graphic design, advertisement, screen, 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 screen. I just, I would love to stare at a screen in a joyous way. Like these, like these fucking you know, hippopotamuses do they come out of the basement and they fucking play their video games. You know, it's all, it's so funny. They like, they come into the, the place, like they're, they're wrestlers in the arena. Like, yeah, that's me. Fucking rhino tits zero six nine. And they use the things where they put the fucking, the tits, the, the T, the T's and tits are sevens and stuff. I don't know. I should have come up with a better name for them. You know, I didn't know I was going that direction. I didn't know I was so full of, I thought I came back from the cottage, uh, a happier person. Instead, I'm sitting here angry yelling at people I haven't met, but I get to make fun of them. I, I plan on opening with the line, ladies and gentlemen, guys, or ladies, like there's gonna be women. There. 
But I think I'm going to say the good news is that the person who comes in first place and the person who comes in last place, both of them are going to get an equal amount of vagina. So not to worry, guys. We've got the same amount for all of you. So yeah, if you want to come see me punch down, uh, that will be what I'm doing on Sunday uh, at the Scotiabank Theater in Ottawa, formerly Silver City. And then on uh, Monday night, I'm doing a spot at my Open Mic Monday show. There's a CIBC fundraiser. I think it's a run for the cure. So um, I'm going to be there doing a spot. Uh, Jim McNally, lots of uh, great up-and-coming comics in Ottawa doing spots for a good cause. So that's Open Mic Mondays on uh, Monday the 14th, I believe it is, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if my, uh, or maybe not. Maybe it's the 10th. I don't fucking know. I don't have a calendar in front of me because I'm always ill-prepared. So um, yeah, whatever the Monday is coming up after this, this comes out on the 7th or 6th. Let's see. Thursday, the 7th, Friday, the 8th, Saturday, the 9th, Sunday, the 10th, Monday, the 11th. There we go. I had it right. Kind of Monday. Oh, fuck it. September 11th. Duh. Right. That, that, that national holiday, nine 11 guys come see a run for the cure on nine 11. Ah, bunch of jokes. I'm not going to make right there. Okay. So that's it guys. It's time for your emails as always. Um, I appreciate you guys sending in the emails. Where can you email? I would like to send an email. Well, you can email contact at one man podcast.com. So as usual, guys send in anything that you want to talk about, anything you want me to read, anything you want to engage with. I just told you my pet peeves today. Maybe you guys have some pet peeves. Maybe there's something that I do that bothers you every single week. And you've just been looking for an outlet to tell me, well, now you have one. You always have, you just, maybe now it seems more fitting, but, uh, I always appreciate you guys sending me the emails. It gives us a chance to talk. And the first one this week, it actually came in from Mark last week. Um, but it came in like an hour after I recorded the episode. So I didn't have a chance to post it. Um, Mark writes, Hey Josh, wanted to contribute to your bucket list segment on your podcast. Just got back from an East coast vacation where I was able to check a few bucket list items, sorry, a few bucket list items. I'm just going to say this too, that if you guys go onto the Instagram or Facebook or Twitter pages, you will see the posts from Mark. So uh, you can take a look at this as I'm reading it, uh, just to see what, what it is we're talking about, give it a little bit of context. So, uh, first I must say like you, I enjoyed the East coast experience. The people were very friendly. The food was great. And the atmosphere was relaxing. The natural beauty is amazing. And I can't believe I waited this long to get out East. Yeah. I, that's how I felt too, man. It was, uh, people were great. Such a beautiful part of our country. And I can't believe I've been alive this long and never seen it until this year. So yeah, I feel you. Um, I've included a few photos for you to reference, as I just mentioned, um, went whale watching for the first time in the ocean and was amazed by their size. This sounds foolish being that whales are large creatures, but to see them up close gave me a whole new appreciation. Yeah. I can only imagine crystal and I looked into it when we were, we were out there and, um, the amount of time everyone's heard that, po- well, if you haven't go back and listen to it, but I think a lot of people heard that podcast and all the things we were looking to do and how much time everything was taking. And, uh, there was no way we'd be able to fit in a whale watching thing. And at the same time, expect to actually see them. You know what I mean? Like, it's great to get on a boat and be like, we're going to whale watching, but you know, to actually find them and, and see them and take pictures and stuff like, uh, there, there was no way, but it's something I'd like to do. And it's great to hear that it was a good experience. We did a wolf encounter with a female Arctic white wolf and a big male Eastern timber wolf. After some instructions from the guide to ensure safety for both us and the wolves, we put on sheep onesies and entered the cage. The power and curiosity of these animals amazed me. Once we entered the cage, the adults initially had to shield the children from the wolves, keeping the children's back against the fence with the adults in front. Once the wolves 
became comfortable with everyone. We were able to relax, but, uh, relax a bit and interact more with the wolves. Um, yeah, dude, that's, that's fucking, that's so cool. Just a bit like, I'm a big wolf fan. I love, I love wolves. And, uh, that was really cool pictures that you sent just seeing, you know, a, the size and just how fucking gorgeous those animals were. Um, getting back to your email, we went to Quebec city afterwards, a great world-class city, another first for me. And we'll definitely have to go back. A zip lining was another bucket list item checked off. We zip lined over Montmorency falls. The falls are one and a half times taller than Niagara falls and the views. Well, just amazing. So now I'm back to reality and looking for inspiration for the next adventure and more items to add to my bucket list. Any suggestions? Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Um, you know, nothing comes to mind off the top of my head. You know, um, like if you didn't do Cabot trail, I would say, check that out. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I too am looking for more inspiration. That's one of the great things about the podcast is I feel like I'm doing more in the span of a week, just trying to have more content to talk to you guys about. I mean, I, I don't have to have the podcast as long as it is, but you know, I enjoy just sort of decompressing my week, throwing it out there, seeing what's going on with you guys. Um, but I am, I am finding new things and I'm, I'm finding inspiration in the stuff that you guys are sending in just the stories and stuff like that. So, um, you know, if anybody wants to suggest anything to Mark, I mean, Mark's been sending stuff in since the beginning of all these, these sort of crazy things he's doing. Like, dude, you've done the, the walk around the CN tower, like the edge walk, I think it's called. Um, just some of the stuff that you've sent me has been, been incredible. Have you, have you done skydiving and stuff yet? I, I don't know if that was one of the ones you had mentioned, but like, fuck it, jump out of a plane. Oh, something I will recommend to you. Um, because I think I did this before the podcast. We may have mentioned it in one of the earlier episodes is dude, you got to try dinner in the dark. All right. Oh, noir is a great restaurant in Montreal. There's two of them. There's one called Dala noir, uh, which is French for in the dark. And then there's another one called O noir. So just the letter O N O I R. Um, you, you should try O noir. That's where we went. Uh, Dala noir. I was, was suggested to me because of the concept. I looked it up and the reviews were not favorable. They weren't horrible, but everything that the people were complaining about. So when someone gave it a negative review, uh, sorry, negative review, those, those complaints were the same from everyone who's giving them a negative review. And then I noticed in one of them, it said, uh, you know, a cheap O noir knockoff. So then I looked at O noir and O noir got great reviews. So, um, that's one where you sit and you have dinner in the complete pitch black, complete pitch black. They take, uh, they give you a locker to put your phone and stuff in beforehand. They have double doors in, sec uh, you know, securing the darkness or whatever. Um, I won't go into too much detail because I don't want to ruin the experience too much, but, uh, it's like, you can do the whole three course. I think it's like 45 bucks. So you take a, a drive down for dinner, drive back in the same night, you know, depending on how good your, your fuel economy, as long as, as long as another fucking city isn't, isn't underwater or whatever. You know, sorry if that's insensitive to the people in, in Texas. And, I, and again, it's, it's, I, you know, terrible tragedy, but the, the, the fucking vultures at the fuel, fuel companies are, uh, are really just making it go at it. So if you can find a, uh, you know, a decent tank of gas to, to, to drive to Montreal and back, you know, or if, or if any of my listeners are already in Montreal and anybody who wants a good recommendation, holy shit. Oh, noir was such a cool experience. Crystal and I would like to go do it again. We did it, I think for, uh, for our Valentine's day, um, um, dinner, but, uh, but yeah, that was, that was great. I gotta tell you what an experience top to bottom sensory 
tastes, just like just an empathetic experience for people who are blind. Uh, cause all the servers are blind, right? It's a pitch black room. So it's a perfect, perfect job for them. Cause you don't have to be able to see to get around that room. Um, so they were super, super fucking cool. And, uh, the meal was amazing. The experience was amazing. So that's one I would say, if you have not done put on your bucket list is, uh, is do dinner in the dark. Um, oh, noir is a great spot for that. They are not paying me for that, but that's, uh, I always mention that too. I hope I don't come across as like some prick who won't mention shit without getting paid, but I got to tell you guys, um, you know, in the, in the industry and especially when you have listeners and, uh, and, uh, and something like that, you know, there's value to, uh, to throwing out free advertisements. So I should be able to at least get a, you know, a meal or something out of them, a, a free appetizer <laughs> sometime. But, uh, yeah, dude, I, I definitely recommend Onoir. It was a great spot. Uh, we really appreciate them. And I'm trying to remember, I believe Lily was our, our, uh, our server. So if, if she's still there. It was so funny too, because you're just sitting with your eyes closed and it's dark everywhere. And you can just hear Lily. Hello. How are you? Hello. <laughs> she was just talking to different tables in the, in the dark. It was very cool. She's very, very positive. Anyways. So yeah, check out, the, check that out. That's my recommendation. Anyone else wants to send one in, please uh, make some suggestions to Mark. He's a crazy motherfucker and he likes to, uh, to do stuff. Uh, next email from my buddy, Chris, Chris writes, Hey Josh, I have a few comments before I get to my email in regards to your sour experience at the dealership garage. I too was almost bent over the workbench while getting my oil changed. I was told that my cabin air filters needed replacing. They said it was difficult to get to, so they may need to remove the dash in order to access it. I asked how much it'll cost. And they said $140, 40 for the filter and a hundred dollars for the hour of labor. I asked if it was a necessary filter and they told me that my heating and cooling system may not function properly without it. I decided that I could probably, or sorry, I decided that it could probably be put off a while longer. Four years later, I remembered that it was an issue. So I YouTubed how to replace it. It was so simple. And you're like, it was so simple. The worst I had to do was get down into the footwell of the passenger side to access a panel that had three screws holding it shut. Out goes one filter that wasn't even that dirty. Uh, in goes the other in their defense. They weren't lying about the cost of the filter. It was $40, but a hundred dollars for a 15 minute job bite me. Yeah. I feel you on that one too. Actually, Jimmy, uh, had called me the, the, the next day or so when he was listening to the podcast from last week, I was talking about how I got fucking screwed for any new listeners, uh, how I got screwed at the dealership. They tried to charge me $140 for, uh, an air conditioner light, just a little indicator light to let me know that the AC was on. And they, they said it was broken. The fan wasn't even on. So as soon as you turn the fan to like setting number one, the light came on. So I told them, no, tested the, you know, the light when I got back in the car and it worked fine. So they tried to fuck me and that's what Chris is referencing. Um, but Jimmy called me when he heard that and he said, yeah, he had, he took his, one of his vehicles in and Jimmy's very good with vehicles. He, he knows parts. He's worked at dealerships and stuff like that. And, uh, he took it in one time and they tried to tell him that his rabbit ears, which is a term I haven't heard before. I've heard of it for TV antennas, but not for cars. And he explained to me that rabbit ears are the, uh, like the turn signal and the window wipers. So those two ears that stick off of your steering column, uh, he goes, those are the rabbit ears. And someone tried to tell him that his rabbit ears weren't working and he had to get them replaced. And he goes, uh, they were working this morning. They're like, yeah, I, I guess it's not working now. I don't know what's up. And he's like, did you try pressing the button on, you know, here or turn a thing there? I think Jim was going to send in the, the story just cause it coincided with, with Chris sending one and two trying to take down the automotive industry guys. So we're going to do that. Me and my listeners. Um, but he just mentioned that, yeah, like he told the guy, yeah, try turning this. He was like, oh, oh, okay. And it's like, you know what? These are the people that we're supposed to trust. We drop our vehicles off and go, yeah, can you, can you fix this? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Oh, you need this done. You need that fucking assholes. 
You know what I mean? Like, I, I swear to God, I, I, I look, I look at it like if you just took my wallet out of my hands, took a, took a hundred bucks out of it, you know, and I caught you doing it, you know, like I would fucking, I would, I would hit you. You know what I mean? Like, or, or things would get aggressive. So the idea that these people are trying to take the money and they get caught and they're like, oh yeah. Well, no, no, you just got caught trying to steal 140 fucking bucks from me. You piece of garbage. Anyways, I, I really hope. Yeah. Wow. That would have been a dark thing to say. I, I hope that bad things happen to some of these guys, you know, the ones that are just, they're just out to screw someone out to steal your money. That's a, that's a horrible thing. If you're listening and you've, and you do that, you're in the automotive industry or in an industry where you're lying to somebody about what they need when they don't, I hope bad things happen to you, you know, or I hope whatever's wrong with you in your life that you, you get it fucking fixed because that's, that's fucking sleazy, man. You're a consumer too. You, where you go places, you want people to try to fuck you all the time. You know, what uncle took you on what camping trip? You know, what did he do to you to make you such a piece of shit person now in your adulthood? Anyways, mechanics guys. Hey, maybe a bunch of them were at the Shawville fair. You know, you just, you just, you, you start diddling the same cousins for too long. You get a little upset, you know, so I fuck this. I'm going to mechanic school, which I don't even know if it's a, that a thing, you know, technical high school. I think that's mechanic school. Anyways, um, Sorry, Chris, I digress from your email. Uh, now about my mouse pad tablecloth, right? Cause we played the board game on your, uh, your mouse pad tablecloth. The material is called neoprene and I feel I didn't properly explain how awesome it is. Probably because I was so starstruck having you and the lovely crystal in my kitchen. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Uh, the mat is sold as a tabletop poker mat. And other than being able to pick up cards with the greatest of ease, it also allows you to effortlessly glide cards across the table when dealing. I feel like you're, you're making an infomercial for this, this tablecloth. Um, it's the best thing ever. And I don't care what you think. I'm not even sure I like you that much. <laughs> now onto my story. I've been working for the same company with the same person for 13 years. In those years, I've had the opportunity to overhear some pretty funny in parentheses to me shit. About four years into the tenure, probably not the right word. Well, actually, Chris, it is. Um, we were asked to clean up fallen trees and branches from the wooded area of a customer's property. Her son and his friends enjoyed playing paintball back there, so she wanted to remove the tripping hazards. We spent the next two days pulling down trees into a more open area, cutting them up a bit and burning them. Since it was uh, early March and there was still snow on the ground, the fires were very welcome. On the particular break, sorry, on one particular break, my coworker, who is also my boss's father, oh, yes, I see, he's your boss's father, okay. Um, my coworker, who is also my boss's father, and I were standing around the fire. This fire had been burning for a while, and now all that was left were some small flames and a red hot, sorry, and red hot embers. As my coworker was staring at the red hot center of the embers, he says, with as much caring and composure as an old man sharing tidbits of wisdom with his grandchildren. That's where you stick your wiener. <laughs> Sorry. That's where you want to stick your wiener. I see. Um, so yeah, sounds like a vagina joke or a silly wiener joke. I gotta be honest with you. You giving me shit and talking about your filter was funnier than, uh, than him saying that's where you stick your wiener. I think you need to move out of Renfrew, buddy. The, uh, the laughs are, uh, are a little stale there. You know, you want to move back to the city, see your friends, and maybe next year you'll come on the magical, uh, cottage trip, you know, but until then stop laughing at stupid wiener jokes. I'm just kidding. Chris, thank you so much for writing in. I appreciate it, buddy. Um, and thank you to all of you who have written over 
you know, over these 17 episodes. I can't believe it's been 17 episodes already. Um, I don't know why you guys listen, but I'm grateful for it. <laughs> um, so as usual, guys, that was, uh, that was a one man podcast, you know, it's not, uh, not a lot this week, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to keep them to a little bit smaller. I'm hoping to have more to say. Um, you know, I want to have some good news for you guys soon working on some things. Um, I'm excited because I'm actually working on some fun stuff for the holiday season. Um, Crystal gave me an idea right before I, I started recording the podcast of some fun stuff to do for, for maybe October and Halloween. Um, I got to plan it out a little first before I get you guys excited, but I'd like to, you know, have this bleed into the, uh, you know, the social media content a little bit more. I like the idea that you guys send me pictures. I can put the pictures on social media. And then while I read your emails and the stories behind them, you know, people can look at them and be engaged visually, you know, and audibly, audio, I'm trying to think of the right word for that audibly. I don't give a shit. You know what I'm fucking trying to say? Don't ever expect me to know what the fuck I'm talking about. Guys, if I had an education, I would be one of my friends with a successful life and lifestyle. I wouldn't be screaming into the universe, wondering who the fuck is listening, you know? Um, but yeah, so if you're not already following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, what the fuck are you waiting for? Right? We're also on YouTube as well. So I actually made a video version of the Summersby commercial. Um, you know, it's nothing fancy. It's not like a live action thing or anything, but it's a fun little, uh, holy smokes. Hope not putting you to fucking sleep first thing in the morning on Wednesday. Sorry about that. But, uh, yeah, I'm thinking, uh, some of the, some of the stuff and, and ideas that I have will work better as video content to the one man podcast, but, um, I'm working on something for, for Halloween, which, uh, which will be a lot of fun and we'll definitely do some video with that. And, uh, and secondly, I am going to be doing some interviews in some big box retailers, um, for the holiday season for Christmas. Um, you know, I don't really celebrate Christmas. I'm not religious. I call it Christmas cause I put up a tree and I give gifts. So, uh, but it's I, for the holiday season, you know, I know there's other holidays. I'm not a, an ignorant piece of shit. Uh, send your hate mail to contact at one man podcast.com. <laughs> But uh, working on some fun stuff for that too. And I will give you guys more details as I have them. Looking to get some prizing for that. Trying to get my sponsors on board for lots of great giveaways. So I'm hoping to have a ton of prizes and stuff like that for uh, for the upcoming holiday season. So uh, stay tuned for that. I'm very, very excited. And, uh, and I think that's it. So yeah, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram guys, YouTube, one man podcast, you'll find us all there. And, uh, and as always, I do appreciate you guys for listening. If you want to send in anything, you know where to send it. I've said it a million times. And until then, I look forward to reading it, and I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you very, very much. 